everybody. Welcome into Fantasy Football Today DFS on Thursday, November 11th. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there who served and those who continue to serve. It's Frank Sample, joined as always by Mike McClure and Sina Jad. Today on the podcast, as we usually do on Thursday Pod, Week 10 Deep Dive, each game on the main slate. We have a new segment that we're debuting where my dad, that's right, I don't know why it took me so long to think about this, right? The guy plays DFS every single week, throws in a bunch of lineups, we're going to get some sneaky plays from my dad later on in the podcast. And of course, we'll wrap up with our cheat sheet. That'll be our favorite value, chalk, contrarian, and stack of the week. But before we actually get into the main slate, we did have some breaking news right before we're going live here. Odell Beckham has decided to sign with the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, Beckham's stint in Cleveland was a failed one, featured a bunch of injuries, a, a poor rapport. Uh, that sounded weird together. Poor rapport, poor connection with uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, you watch him run routes, it seems like he still has some juice left. Uh, Sia, we'll start with you. What are your expectations here for Odell Beckham and the Los Angeles Rams in general, right? I guess somebody has to lose something here. Yeah, I mean, I I think this makes the Rams better, of course. I mean, I think some people are sort of down on Odell Beckham and don't think he has much left in the tank. I, I'm on the other side of that. I, I think we saw pretty good evidence, evidence statistically that Baker Mayfield was just missing him his entire stint over at Cleveland. So... I think, man, Matt Stafford, what a plethora of weapons here. I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, I think uh, obviously this could maybe slightly impact Cup, but I think it impacts Robert Woods and Van Jefferson quite a bit more. So, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, I'm not sure I'll really be interested in any of those three. Cooper Cup still remains elite, but uh, I'm very interested to see how he impacts the target share among uh, Van Jefferson and and Higby too. People who are still hanging on to the idea that Higby is going to be good. I mean, I, you know, I, I suppose it's possible, but I just that there's not enough targets to go around at this point outside of Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think the peripheral weapons, you know, guys like Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby are probably affected most here. And this was a long time ago, and it was a small sample size. It was only a five-game stretch. But the first five weeks of 2018 before Cooper Cup got hurt that year, the Rams had three wide receivers ranked inside the top 24 in, uh, in PPR points per game. That was Cooper Cup. He was wide receiver two. Robert Woods was wide receiver seven. And Brandon Cooks at the time at wide receiver 22. So, Mike, if nothing else, Sean McVay has showed that he knows how to make three different wide receivers um, fantasy viable at this point. Yeah, they definitely can. Uh, I'm glad to mentioned Higby there. I think it has an impact on Higby. I think Jefferson's the one it probably impacts the most. It could potentially limit some of the running backs catching passes out of the backfield. Just to, they, they might find creative ways to use him. I'm not sure that he'll be used a lot early. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit of time before that happens. But I think what it really does is provide some much needed depth. You know, knock on wood, they haven't had any injuries, and we hope that they don't. But if anyone goes down, he's obviously going to be a viable. Uh, candidate to step in there and replace one of those roles. But overall, I'm not expecting him to have a massive role. And I think this was largely about Odell wanting to be relevant and competing in the playoffs. All right. A nice uh, nice little appearance there from Chief. We haven't seen the big Chief in a while, so happy to see that he's doing well. Week 10, let's move on. The overview, we have 11-game main slate, three games up over a 50-point total with the Seahawks-Packers just under at 49.5 points. We have two more games at a 47.5-point total. That's the Bills at the Jets, the Jaguars at the Colts. Uh, we do have five spreads of nine points or more in week 10, which is definitely more than uh, recent weeks. We usually have like two, three double-digit spreads, uh, but now we have five that are at least uh, nine points or more. And let's start with one of those right here, the Falcons at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are nine-point favorites, 54.5-point total, the highest total on the main slate, and all of these odds come via Caesar Sportsbook. For the Falcons, Calvin Ridley remains out. Their cornerback, Kendall Sheffield, did not practice and for the Cowboys, defensive end Randy Gregory expected to be out multiple weeks. Their tackle Tyron Smith did not practice. Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott were both limited in practice on Wednesday. Uh, Michael Gallup practiced fully and is expected to return from the IR this week. Let's start there with the Cowboys passing attack. And I'm not sure if it was because of rust or uh, you know whatever it might be, but Dak Prescott missed a few games and uh, he, he just didn't look very good last week. Uh, now gets a strong matchup against the Falcons, who have allowed three or more passing touchdowns four times this season. He is 6,900 on DraftKings. See, what do you think about Dak Prescott? Uh, do you like him? Do you like any of his weapons? Michael Gallup down at 4K if he's active for this game. 
Yeah, Michael Gallup won't be on the list, but I do like Dak Prescott. I think it's just a great bounce back spot for him. Obviously, odds makers agree as well. This is the highest implied total of 31.75 for the Cowboys. It's a 55-point total, minus 8.5. That means the game's going to be at least a little bit competitive. At least that's what people think, and I would agree with that. I like Dak to CeeDee Lamb quite a bit. So if I'm stacking this game, I'm not really looking for the discount with Amari, particularly because I'm not sure. There's There's a lot of guys right now, because we're midway into the season, where there's just some lingering injuries that we're really not sure how long they're going to last. And if you look at the routes run by by Amari Cooper last week, it's just it's it's not really a good look in terms of being very confident uh, about starting him. So I love CeeDee Lamb. Listen, CeeDee Lamb got missed by Dak a, a couple different times last week. And if he had connected on those, CeeDee Lamb would have had a great game. So really good bounce back spot for both of those guys. That's really all I'm interested in. I think if, if Ezekiel Elliott gets in a full practice this week, uh, I'll be consider him as well but I'm really interested in the Dak to CD Lamb combo and then bringing it back with that's the tough part for me I, I think Kyle Pitts is interesting but I also think he's kind of a focal point of all defenses with Calvin Ridley out I think Corderell Patterson is just as interesting so I'll either not bring it back with anybody or I will bring it back with one of those two guys I don't think I'm going to take a shot at Gage Sharper Olamide Zacchaeus in terms of a dart throw uh, I just want to hit on Amari Cooper what you said about routes run last week there were 46 dropbacks by Dak Prescott. Amari uh, Cooper only ran 24 routes on those 46 dropbacks. So uh, they were getting blown out. Maybe they just you know wanted to keep him healthy or uh, he was battling something. But yeah, this hamstring seems like it's it's been an issue, an ongoing issue for Amari Cooper. And on the other side there, Corderell Patterson, you mentioned it. He's priced up to 6,600 on DraftKings. He has 14 or more DK points in seven straight games. So <laughs> we don't usually view him as, like I guess, a safe player per se. But he's actually been pretty damn safe uh, the way that the Falcons are using him right now. Mike, it seems like uh, Ezekiel Elliott could be pretty popular again this week. He is popping up as the fourth highest uh, projected owned player in your uh, projections as of now. 16% ownership. He's 7K. And it's a great matchup. The problem is, like Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott kind of banged up right now dealing with this knee injury. Uh, What do you think about Ezekiel Elliott? What do you think about this game? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be in the camp that's going to be playing Zeke as of right now. Uh, I just think we're going to have enough value at the running back position. There's a lot of running backs that I like this week, so I, I'm not going to get there. But I totally understand it. Uh, it's a game that they should win. They should have won last week. They should have won easily last week, and they did not. Um, so he didn't really get the game script last week. I think that'll take a few people off of him. But I think the most interesting call was the one that Sia made with CD Lamb at 7K. Uh, I think he's going to be an excellent tournament pivot. So one of my favorite uh, you play, like one of the most popular plays this week at wide receiver, is going to be Keenan Allen, who's the same price as CD Lamb. CD Lamb put up that awful box score here in this last game, two catches, 23 yards. He was still targeted nine times. Uh, that's not going to go away. That's going to be the same thing there. So one of my favorite strategies early this week here is going to be going to Mike Williams for the Chargers instead of Keenan Allen. And then in Keenan Allen's spot at that 7K, sliding CD Lamb in there. And I think you get incredibly different because as it looks right now, we could see a lot of popular lineup builds that have both Keenan Allen and Ezekiel Elliott. And I'd like to stay in those two games, but having the combination of Mike Williams and CD Lamb in those spots, I think could be different enough, but still giving you exposure to really good game environments. And then the last thing I'll say on this one is Michael Gallup. I could be interested there, depending on what happens with running backs, you know, whether we're playing and jamming Dearness Johnson in every lineup or not. Um, if for some reason we're not, I think that it could be an interesting way to essentially basically would be like you're playing a cheaper tight end again. Let's move on to the Bucks at the Washington football team. The Bucks are nine and a half point favorites here with a 51 and a half point total. And on the Bucks side of things, Jason Pierre-Paul did not practice and three pass catchers also did not practice. Antonio Brown looks like he's not going to be able to go. Rob Gronkowski and the surprise uh, so far for this team is Chris Godwin dealing with a foot injury did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday for the Washington football team, Montez Sweat is out this week. Curtis Samuel did not practice. Antonio Brown, Tiami Brown, Cam Sims, and guard Brandon Scherf uh, were all limited in practice. Logan Thomas was working out on the side field. It sounds like he's not ready to return yet either. Uh, let's start with the Chris Godwin news and the trickle-down effect. Uh, I think Mike Evans, 6,900, he's going to be incredibly popular. But if Chris Godwin is out, see ya, I think... This is cash game viable. I think obviously it's stackable with Tom Brady. You know, one more weapon out here. I mean, we could see 
like 12 to 15 targets for Mike Evans. I don't even think that that's an exaggeration. The, the problem is that he's going to be really popular. Uh, and who might fill in there? Tyler Johnson. He's 3,300, and uh, he's extremely cheap. 60% of the snaps each of the past two weeks. Uh, what do you think about Mike Evans, obviously, and then Tyler Johnson as a, as a cheap punt play? I like them both, and I think it's. I think this is double stack consideration with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and, and Tyler Johnson. And I don't really think Tyler Johnson is a reach. Like you said, he's been playing around sixty percent of the snaps the last few weeks, and that really could increase this week. Now, the one thing to watch out for is Scotty Miller. He should be coming off IR. He had turf toe. They should activate him, but we're not a hundred percent sure that's going to happen. So, if Scotty Miller's active, I think he might be a good pivot off of Tyler Johnson. Cause I think at this point in the week, people are kind of like fixated on, Hey, let me just jam in Tyler Johnson here. And he has probably more upside than Scotty Miller, but Scotty Miller is, is certainly a reliable target for Tom Brady. So if he's actually active, um, I think that depending on what we hear from, you know, Buck's headquarters, if you will, and in practice reports, I think he's an interesting pivot. I love those two. I'm not, I'm, t- I'm not touching the tight end. This is definitely one of my favorite stacks, Tom Brady to Mike Evans and another pass catcher. And then with Washington, listen, you can bring it back with Terry McLaurin. It gets really expensive if you do that, but we know on this slate, there is some value to be had at both the running back and wide receiver position, even in this game, potentially on the Washington side, depending on what happens with, Washington's wide receiver too. Again, we'll probably have to wait a couple days to see how that pans out. But if you want to take a shot at Adam Humphreys at 3,500 or DeAndre Carter at 3K, I think it's at least in play. And for the record, if you really wanted to go crazy in a big GPP and just a, a dart, I think a Taylor Heineke stack with McLaurin and you know maybe somebody like a DeAndre Carter or Humphreys and bringing it back with Mike Evans or you know something like that uh, could also work in a bigger tournament i just realized that this is a revenge game for adam humphreys I'm, I'm sure he doesn't really care about playing the uh the tampa bay bucks but it's always fun uh to to remember these obscure revenge games um tom brady he is the second highest point per dollar play at quarterback that i'm seeing right now in optimizers behind only josh allen mike are you as interested in tom brady are you looking to stack this game leonard fournette checks in at a pretty reasonable price as well he's 6100 has a very valuable role in a strong offense, 11% target share, 35 red zone opportunities. Uh, what do you think about the Bucks side of things here, this game in general? Yeah, I like the Bucks side, obviously. Um, I, it's Tyler Johnson's going to be in the player pool no matter what. Uh, I'm actually just as interested in playing him, even if Chris Godwin is out there. Uh, there's always a chance that he's limited in the game. Um, I like him a ton if Chris Godwin is out makes it a lot easier for a Washington football team to key in on Mike Evans as much as they possibly can. Um, so if you're stacking, to, if you're playing Tom Brady to Mike Evans, you might as well tack Tyler Johnson on, in my opinion, uh, just because of the price points on all three. It, it just makes way too much sense and gives you a lot of flexibility with the rest of your roster. So I like that a lot. I don't even necessarily think you have to have a bring back in this spot. I think that this team has shown that they're okay kind of running it up a little bit, kind of passing still in all situations. Uh, I think that that's going to be true in this spot. So yes, I do like McLaurin. I do like Heineke a little bit. I, I think that there are interesting pieces to get there. Um, so what I, I play a lot more cash games. I play a lot more smaller entries. So like I'll play a lot of three max stuff like that, where I don't think it's going to be quite as necessary to, to get to some of those deeper builds. Um, if you're playing tournaments, obviously, yes, stack the Washington football team. I think it's a great play, uh, that see highlighted, um, Heineke's not going to be very popular, but I, I think it's going to be a really excellent game script for him. Um, so fire away if you want to do that. But for me, I'm not going to play. As of right now, I'm not playing anyone other than Tyler Johnson. Terry McLaurin, by the way, the fourth highest priced wide receiver on DraftKings. He's 14th on FanDuel. So if you're looking for uh, someone in that mid-tier on FanDuel who has pretty big upside, we've seen some inconsistency out of McLaurin. A few games up over 100 yards and a touchdown. He has 46 yards or less in three of his last four games. So inconsistency, but chasing points, big total here. I think Terry McLaurin uh, will be involved here. Um, Do you guys uh, see, I feel like you said that you're not in on the tight ends. Mike, what do you think? Uh, if Gronk is out, any interest in Cameron Brait or OJ Howard? They're 2,700 on DraftKings. If you're playing Tom Brady, yes. Uh, I think that there's obviously some interest there. But as of right now, I'm most likely the value that I'll be looking for will be in the form of Tyler Johnson. So if I'm playing Tyler Johnson, I'm not going to play one of those two unless I'm playing Tom Brady. So for me, it'd be stacks only. Uh, Tom, or in cash, frankly, if you want to play Tom Brady in cash games. Um, and yeah, fire away. I think it's, if you, I guess I should rephrase that. If you're playing Tom Brady in cash games, I would play one of the tight ends with them. 
you're either playing a tight end with him or you're playing Tyler Johnson with him. If you're playing Tom Brady in any format, in my opinion, he needs to be with at least two pass catchers. It all signs are pointing towards Mike Evans being one of them. And if that's the case, even if Godwin is in, I would make it one of those cheap pieces there because you're still going to want exposure to several other games on the slate. The Bills at the Jets. The Bills are 12-point favorites here with a 47.5-point total. And according to Thursday's practice report for the Bills, uh, defensive tackle Star Latulale, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, and Emmanuel Sanders did not practice. Uh, it was speculation that it was just a veteran day for Emmanuel Sanders, which seems kind of weird on a Thursday. But uh, Dawson Knox and Cole Beasley were both back at practice. Didn't say limited or not for those two. Uh, Zach Moss was at practice in a non-contact jersey. He is still in concussion protocol. For the Jets, Mike White will start again this week. Uh, Denzel Mims tested positive. Corey Davis and Tevin Coleman were limited in practice on Wednesday, Uh, but it seems like Corey Davis will be back this week. To me, there are, I think there's like three viable uh, options for cash games this week. You want to pay up for Josh Allen or a Tom Brady. I think you could go that route or you could spend down on uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, Sia, which way are you leaning as of now? Josh Allen, Tom Brady, or or the Carson Wentz side? It's not the Carson Wentz side for me. It's Josh Allen, Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, as far as cash is concerned, I think I might consider uh, Justin Herbert as well, but I like the two that you mentioned. I'm probably going to be paying up for quarterback. The only reason, and we'll get to the Carson Wentz game, Indianapolis, in a second, but the only reason I don't love Carson Wentz in cash is because I think just from a game script standpoint – they might not be leaning on Carson Wentz much at all in the second half. I'm speculating, of course, but it's just one of those things. Carson Wentz is so prone to the mistake that I think they just want to limit the possibility of that by handing it to JT for you know three, four quarters. All right. Well, I know that you like Josh Allen every week, Sia. What is your favorite way to stack the Bills side of things here? Stefan Diggs is the fifth highest price wide receiver on DraftKings. We have... Emmanuel Sanders at 5,700. We have Cole Beasley at 5,200. Beasley, by the way, a 25% target share since week six. But it sounds like Dawson Knox might actually be back. So does that put a damper on someone like Cole Beasley? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But to be honest with you, if if I'm stacking this game, and I will be, what's really discouraging here is I thought at this point people would be relatively off of Stefan Diggs. Not completely off, but when I'm looking at in- initial ownership, I mean, Stefan Diggs is one of the you know the top two or three guys, depending on which uh, which ownership uh, stuff you're looking at. So I thought at this point, because he's let people down for a little while now, that he dropped to like ninth or tenth most popular. But it's just not happening. Either way, I, I'm going to stick with it. T- talking about bounce back spots, we talked about it earlier in the show with Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb. This is certainly a good bounce back spot for the Bills with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. I don't really know. We got to monitor their offensive line a little bit. Because I think they have some guys banged up, which contributed to Jacksonville just basically walking through the line of scrimmage and tackling him on every play. But I like Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. I think the de- like the Buffalo defense is a little banged up too, which might allow the Jets to score a little bit. So you could potentially have a little bit of back and forth, you know, forcing the Bills to kind of keep their foot on the gas. So give me Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, and then you know, as far as a run back, that's really tough because with Corey Davis back, it kind of limits Elijah Moore. Um, but it would probably be Corey Davis. I think Michael Carter probably in play as well. I mean, Tevin Coleman could be back. I I think they're kind of just past the Tevin Coleman thing, but Michael Carter had 23 targets in week seven and eight combined with Mike White at quarterback. Mike White, by the way, I mean, of course, the Jets are going to be able to put up some points in this spot. The legend, Mike White, they shipped his uh, his jersey out to Canton. He is, uh, his jersey's in the Hall of Fame. Most passing yards uh, by a quarterback in his first career start. So, Interesting there with Mike White. Uh, Mike, what do you think about Devin Singletary if Zach Moss is out? 4700 for Devin Singletary. Is this a, a good chalk, bad chalk situation? Uh, the Jets are really, really bad against running backs, but the Bills don't really use the running back very much. Yeah, they don't use the running back very much. Uh, I'm most interested in Cole Beasley still, but with the combination of Beasley, Sanders, Diggs, Knox, I don't think they really need much of a running back or a running game. I think it's fine to play Devin Singletary, just a pure price point play. Uh, I think there are a lot of other running backs that we love on this slate, so I don't think that it's necessary that we have to get there. Uh, Frankly, I'd rather pay down for a $3,000 or $3,200 wide receiver that we know potentially is going to be in a good spot. 
So I'm not going to be playing Devin Singletary personally, but I, I think it's totally fine if anyone wants to get there. Um, for me, it's Cole Beasley. Um, you know, as long as he's going to continue to get close to double digit targets at 5,200, he's going to be a cash game staple. He's going to be right there. Um, I love pairing him with Josh Allen. I love playing him in non Josh Allen lineups. I think it's a really good way to get exposure there. Um, so that, that's how I'll be handling this game. As far as the Jets side, I do think you could bring it back with Michael Carter. Um, as long as White is starting at quarterback, I expect those targets to come right back to him. Um, so I, I think at his price point, I think he makes a really interesting play in all formats, frankly. Uh, I'd rather play him at his price than I would Devin Singletary at 4700 All right, let's move on to the Jaguars at the Colts. The Colts are 10.5-point favorites here, 47.5-point total, and James Robinson was back at practice on Thursday. For the Colts, T.Y. Hilton was in a blue practice jersey, which means he's in the final steps of the concussion protocol. Let's start up top with Jonathan Taylor, who is now the third-highest-priced running back on DraftKings, and rightfully so. Uh, He is tied for the highest salary on FanDuel this week as well. Six straight games of 110-plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown for Jonathan Taylor. And I tweeted this out on Wednesday. Since week four, Jonathan Taylor has 154.3 PPR points. The next closest running back is Joe Mixon with 115.5. That's a near 40-point difference between Jonathan Taylor and the next closest running back since week four. That's just how ridiculous uh, he's been right now. So uh, Taylor seems like he could potentially be a building block this week. I think definitely on FanDuel with a touchdown just matters so much. So yeah, you get the opportunity now to rank these four running backs, which I think will all be very popular this week. Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, and Austin Eckler. How do you rank them? Oh, for me, it's it's actually pretty easy. So I'll go with uh, Jonathan Taylor. And uh, I'm trying to remember the order. I, I know I have Najee Harris last and Austin Eckler. Oh, that's right. So I'll go with I'll go with Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, and Najee Harris. That's that's how I rank that. All right. Uh, Mike, what do you think about that that ranking of uh, those four running backs? I think all four are in play for, for cash games. I mean, obviously, they all have immense upside for, for GPPs as well, but it seems like the cash build right now is you're going to pro- probably jam Dearness Johnson in there if Nick Chubb is out and then spend up for at least one of these running backs, maybe even two. Yeah, I think a lot of us will end up having uh, Dearness Johnson, assuming that we get to do that. And then we're going to probably have Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, um, I mean, whatever you prefer as far as Cook and Harris. But I would rate them Jonathan Taylor, number one, Najee Harris, number two, Eckler, three, and Dalvin Cook, number four. Um, And then I would like to say that I'll probably be including Christian McCaffrey in that group. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will. I played him at one or three percent last week he's going to be single digits again this week and uh i'm definitely definitely going to be buying in let me jump in frank real quick because if we're talking about cash specifically in my in my rankings i would have Najee harris second behind uh jonathan taylor but uh, i was kind of thinking from a gpp standpoint and that's why i have Najee harris last of those four yeah which i think would make sense because in cash you know we don't worry as much about ownership and right now Najee harris is projected as the highest owned uh running back this week the highest owned player actually on the slate uh dalvin cook projecting as the fourth of of those four running backs uh see you mentioned you're not really in on carson wentz this week he's down at 5900 michael Pittman finally gets a a bit of a price bump here he's up to 6300 that's his highest salary of the season he has five touchdowns over his last five games um not saying that you want to do this Sia, but if someone wanted to game stack this carson wentz with Pittman, you bring it back with dan arnold he's only 3500 i feel like it's you know obviously pretty easy to do they're they're very affordable. Uh, but even if you wanted to just do a secondary stack with like Pittman and, and Dan Arnold or Jonathan Taylor and Dan Arnold, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. So, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Dan Arnold as a secondary stack, I actually kind of love. And for the record, I don't, I personally don't mind Carson Wentz with Michael Pittman and you run it back with, let's say, Dan Arnold, or maybe you want to play James Robinson. But for me, I like the, the problem. First of all, I love the value with that stack specifically because Carson Wentz is only 5,900 on DraftKings. But I just like the other stacks so much more. Like when I'm talking about Justin Herbert or Tom Brady or even Dak Prescott, I'm just more interested in those. So I know I can't get to Carson Wentz. It's not that I don't like it. I just like others more, even though I have to pay up for those. But yeah, I will say this. 
I love Dan Arnold this week. He's getting a ton of targets. Last four weeks, he has 28 targets, which, by the way, is tied with Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. I will say this, though. If you are stacking this game and you want to bring it back with, like, Dan Arnold or James Robinson, I totally get it. I think a slightly contrarian play, though, will be Marvin Jones at 5,800. And I think Marvin Jones, because he still is getting the targets, he's not doing anything with them, but this Indianapolis secondary is exploitable. And if Marvin Jones were to have a big game, I guess rest of season, this might be the matchup for him. Mike, anything else you like in this game outside of Jonathan Taylor? I, I like Carson Wentz quite a bit. Uh, I'll definitely be playing Carson Wentz this week. Um, I will be stacking him in lineups with Jonathan Taylor. I, I like that combination. Basically, just betting on the team is going to score four touchdowns. Uh, basically, betting their team total over uh, if you're a sports better. That's essentially what I'm doing, and I like the combination of the price point that I get with Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor together. And yeah, I don't even know that I'll be playing a pass catcher with him. I might literally just play Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, maybe a bring back on the other side uh, in the form of Dan Arnold. But overall, I think that I'm probably going to end up being off Michael Pittman as of now, uh, which is kind of scary considering how often he's found the end zone and how many points he's put up recently and how popular he has been. But uh, I don't think that he's going to work his way into my lineups as of now. The Browns at the Patriots. The Patriots are two and a half point favorites with a 45 and a half point total here. And we mentioned it earlier, but uh, both Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton tested positive for COVID earlier this week. Their offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, said Thursday that there's still a chance that Chubb is back this week. Uh, Miles Garrett, center J.C. Treader, and Donovan Peoples-Jones did not practice on Thursday. And then for the Patriots... We have no running backs left. Uh, next to no running backs left. Damian Harris and Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson did not practice Thursday because of uh, concussions. So let's start on the Brown side of things. See ya. If Nick Chubb is out, Dearness Johnson is 4,700 on DraftKings. He's 5,400 on FanDuel. Is this a lock button, a free square, or uh, is there a point where the ownership gets too high that you, you try and back away from Dearness Johnson? No, I think it's pretty close to a lock button. The the only thing, and we, we addressed this on Tuesday a little bit, because it is such a lock button where I should say free square. I shouldn't say lock button because I, I certainly would never have them in every lineup, but it, it is it is a free square if you know Chubb is out, of course. But the thing is, you know, you do want to consider what everybody else is doing, of course, not just from the standpoint of, oh, hey, everybody's playing Dearness Johnson, but what are the implications of that from a roster construction standpoint? Well, the implications are you're, you're definitely playing one low-end running back and, you know, maybe one or two high-end running backs. And so I think just knowing that, you can get different with your roster construction just by not playing Dearness Johnson. For example, we, we know we have three running backs we really like. I'm not saying you should pay up for like Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, and you know who, whoever the third running back du jour might be, uh, let's say Jonathan Taylor. But if you do that and everybody thinks Dearness Johnson's a free square, well then, boom, you have a much different roster construction and running back core than than a lot of the field. So yeah, I, I like Dearness Johnson quite a bit. He is He is truly a talent in my opinion. And of course, he's behind an incredible offensive line. Yeah, the last time we saw him start was in week seven. He had 24 touches on Thursday Night Football, you know, just showcasing him. 168 total yards. He scored a touchdown in that game as well. Uh, Dearness Johnson looked awesome there. And, and I guess a way that to get different, um, you know, if you want to spend up for all your running backs and you want to fade Dearness Johnson, you can play the pass catchers in this very game because Jacoby Myers is only 4,800 and Jarvis Landry is 5,200. So, uh, obviously, some some cheaper wide receivers there. Mike, what do you think about those guys? Uh, Dearness Johnson, is this a free square this week? Are you looking at any Pats running backs? Because uh, if Harris and Stevenson are out, Brandon Bolden is only 4,400. J.J. Taylor is 4K on DraftKings. Yeah, definitely. So, Johnson, Dearness Johnson is a free square as long as, as Trub is out. Uh, it's, yeah, very, very obvious in that point. But like Sia said, there will be a lot there's a strong case to be made to fading him in a tournament uh and playing three running backs that we love just you get so different doing it you might have tyler johnson as wide receiver value we've always got tight ends that are cheap enough there's always ways to get there so i think it's a great call and i think it's a it's definitely something i will do with one of my five lineups um but as far as cash games and other formats it, it's lock button status um you're not even going to have to click the lock button, frankly, because if you're using an optimizer of any kind, it's going to be in 100% of lineups no matter what anyway. Uh, so it's one of those situations where if that's the case, when I, for me personally, when it runs, there, there's no getting around it. You just, you play it and you move on. And that's what we're going to have here. But as far as the Patriots side, I like Brandon Bolden a lot. Uh, I, if those other two running backs are both inactive, 
I, I think it's a great, great situation. I would even play him in the same lineup as Dearness Johnson, just because I do think that they are actually positively correlated because of the pass catching ability out of Bolden and the Browns defense, in my opinion, is still a decent defense. Uh, so I do think that they'll have to look for some of those shorter throws and he would be a strong candidate for that. Um, I do like the receivers too, though. Jacoby Myers, Jarvis Landry, both going to be excellent plays, both potentially excellent pivots away from Cole Beasley if for some reason he is popping as being a super, super popular play. Um, yeah, I think this game is not one that I would consider either of the quarterbacks, but there are a number of pieces on both sides that I would have a lot of interest in. And I do wonder if Damian Harris and Stevenson are out for the Patriots, maybe they look to pass a little bit more, be aggressive on early downs here. And if that's the case, we could see uh, more targets for Jacoby Myers, who is the target leader on the season for the Patriots. The Saints at the Titans. The Titans are three-point favorites with a 44.5 point total here. And big news as Alvin Kamara did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. And Nick Underhill reported that Kamara is closer to doubtful at this point on Thursday. For the Titans, Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, and Bud Dupree all did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, If Kamara is out, we'll start with you this time, Mike. You just spoke about... Uh, Dearness Johnson. If Kamara's out, Mark Ingram is 4,500 on DK. He's 5,500 on FanDuel. He had eight touches in his Week 8 debut with the Saints. Well, you know, whatever. Rejoining the Saints. Uh, and then 14 touches with five receptions last week. So what is your interest level in uh, Ingram? Would you want to play both him and Dearness Johnson in lineups? Oh, yeah. I think that those two are totally independent of each other. Uh, I don't I wouldn't worry about that at all. If Ingram is in a situation where he is the lead back and the only back, then yes, I'm very interested in playing him. I think he will continue to catch passes. I was actually pleasantly surprised with his pass catching in both of the first two games. Uh, Just the fact that he was even targeted so quickly being with the team like that. Very, very good sign there. So I do like that. Uh, I think my favorite play in this game, though, is going to be A.J. Brown. Um, I, I don't think anyone's really going to be talking about him. I don't think a lot of people are going to be playing him. $7,800. I know it's a difficult matchup, and that's the reason no one's talking about him. Uh, I'm showing him at 10% owned. I think that number is going to fall all the way to 5 or 6% as uh, some of the value and other things shake out this week. So at $7,800, like he's the same price as Devontae Adams. Essentially, he's more than Lamb, more than Stephon Diggs, more than Keenan Allen. Like Nobody is really getting to A.J. Brown, but... He just had a bad game in the last one. He dropped so many passes that were catchable balls for him that I expect him to bounce back. 11 targets in week nine, 11 targets in week eight, nine targets in week seven, uh, nine targets a week before that. Like we're looking at 10 targets a game from him. I, I love AJ Brown in this spot. I think this game is very, very competitive. And despite the low total, I think it has shootout ability. Um, and I don't think anyone's really acknowledging that this week. Yeah, bad game for the uh, for AJ Brown last week, but the two weeks prior he had thirty plus points on DraftKings, so we know what his upside is. It's massive. It seems like he'd t- take any catch to the house. Uh, that's just the the upside that um, that AJ Brown possesses. And Marshawn Lattimore, look, he's a great player, but there's times where he's over aggressive. He can get beat on deep balls. We've seen that many times already in his career. So, uh, see, it. we'll throw it your way. Saints at Titans. What do you think about Mark Ingram if Kamara's out? Uh, is there anyone else in this game that you? actually like I don't mind Julio Jones but now he's like popped up with a hamstring again on Thursday so that probably puts a damper on that yeah I mean this is a game I'm largely staying away from but to your point if if Kamara is out I'll probably play a little bit of Ingram I'll probably end up playing more Dearness Johnson and Devin Singletary than I will Mark Ingram but I obviously there's tremendous value there at 4,500 I like AJ Brown as a tournament play I don't know that I'm going to be getting to a lot of him but you know people do have to understand like the he will like that ownership percentage is going to drop. So he really is kind of like the perfect GPP play because he won't have the ownership percentage, but he certainly has the ceiling and the upside. The, the thing about Lattimore, like he doesn't always shadow. I will say this though, when he does, he's usually pretty successful. I mean, you know, DK Metcalf, I think had a big game against him earlier this year, but it was on two catches if memory serves. So it's one of those, you know, he just one went, went the distance, but it's one of those things where it is kind of a watch out situation, but it is, it's AJ Brown. I mean, he is, he's an athletic freak. Like Lattimore can't really cover him an entire game. I'm just kind of pointing it out that sometimes he shadows. And if he does, it'll, it'll be, it's not so much that it would be a hard time for AJ Brown. I just wonder how much Tannehill is going to be looking his way relative to guys who are not Marshawn Lattimore covering his receivers. But as far as a GPP play, I think it's super smart. 
Before we hit the break, just want to remind everyone, if you want to compete against us on DraftKings this week, you can join our FFT DFS contest. It is $5 to enter, 150 entries, top 15 gets paid out. The link is in the podcast and the YouTube description. Again, if you'd like to play against Sia, Mike, and myself, let's take a quick break. When we return, we've got five more games to go. We'll do it here on Fantasy Football Today DFS. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's move on to the Lions at the Steelers. The Steelers are eight and a half point favorites here with a 42 and a half point total. Uh, this is the lowest on the main slate. Jamal Williams did not practice on Thursday for the Lions. Josh Reynolds was claimed off waivers and is practicing already uh, for the Lions. I don't, I don't know that he plays much this week, but he does have a rapport with Jared Goff in the past, so maybe he's a name that pops up in, in the coming weeks. Again, that's Josh Reynolds there for the Steelers. Chase Claypool is dealing with a significant toe injury and is considered week-to-week, which sounds like he is uh, at least going to be out this week. And then this popped up just before we started recording as well. Najee Harris limited in Thursday with a foot injury. So uh, we mentioned Najee Harris multiple times already today. He's priced up. He's the fifth highest on DraftKings. He's tied for the highest salary on FanDuel. Uh, does does this foot injury put any concern in your mind, Sia, when it comes to Najee Harris? A little bit. The, the truth is, I'm not going to be playing a ton of Najee Harris this week relative to the field, so it doesn't really make a huge difference to me. But no, I, I, it did kind of pop up out of nowhere, but I, I tend to think it's more of a rest day situation than anything. I think we'll find out more you know, tomorrow and Saturday, but uh, no, it doesn't really put a big scare in me here. What, what, what scares me the most, even though this is Detroit, I just wonder what the ceiling is for Najee relative to some of the other running backs that we deem high end. Again, we've discussed them, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, um, all the way down the line to your Jonathan Taylors of the world as well. So I think Najee Harris is a great play. I think he's going to get the receptions. I think he's going to get the carries. I just wonder about his upside relative to the other guys, which is why I don't really want to pay up for Najee. I'd rather pay up for the other ones. Uh, Najee Harris, by the way, we've talked about his role this season, but it is just fantastic. 85% snaps on the season that is the most among running backs it's a great matchup here big home favorites the lions have allowed 16 total touchdowns to running backs this season that is tied for the most in the nfl with the new york jets uh mike are you worried about this foot injury at all for Najee harris and uh anything else in this game that that stands out to you we didn't mention deandre swift yet but he's 6800 um and a tougher matchup here against the steelers uh also on the steelers side of things if Chase Claypool's out, that means a condensed target share. Deontay Johnson is already dominating targets. Um, Pat Fryermuth has been awesome as well. So what do you think about this game in general, Steelers and the Lions? Yeah, it's super interesting to me because everything I'm running here, when I say running, running my optimizers, running projections, everything, I'm getting at least one Pittsburgh Steeler in every single lineup. Um, and it, it speaks to the condensed tar- uh, market share that you've got there. Um, I think that, you know, Najee Harris from just a pure median projection standpoint, probably one of the best plays on the slate. As far as his upside, I do agree with Sia that it might be capped a little bit in some of the tournaments. I think that you're a pretty good bet to get that 18 to 20 point game. I think that the 35 to 40 point game that wins you a tournament is actually relatively unlikely in this spot. Um, so having said that, I will still have him. I think he's still a fine cash game play. But in the lineups that do not have Najee Harris, I have a a ton of interest in Deontay Johnson. I love his target share. I think he's going to bounce right back, have a huge volume day. Um, I love building lineups that have uh, Deontay Johnson and someone like Keenan Allen in there, locking in a lot of targets, super high floor in my opinion. And then Pat Fryermuth, he's someone who's going to be a core piece. The only thing that I'm wrestling with right now, and I I loved Najee Harris, but the foot injury and then popping up as the highest owned player definitely has me backing off a little bit and wondering, do I want to play both Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth in the same lineup? Ultimately, the answer is probably going to end up being no, 
Like the optimizer is going to tell me it's okay to do it. And it probably is okay to do it in a cash game, but I'm likely going to end up reducing my Najee exposure and playing a lot more Friar Muth, a lot more Deontay Johnson. Um, the foot injury in, in a matchup like this um, and on a slate like this, frankly, where it's likely that we're going to have at least three 5K or less running backs that are viable. I'm probably going to end up pivoting away. I, as of right now, I've locked Najee Harrison as one of my favorite plays. If you, I'm going to go edit the rundown when we move on to the next game because after going through all of the stuff live here on camera, um, I, I'm going to be backing away from Najee just a little bit. All right. Uh, speaking of Pat Fryermuth, 20% target share since Juju Smith-Schuster went down with injury. Uh, he has three touchdowns over his last two games. Uh, see, who is your favorite sub-4K tight end? Is it... Pat Fryermuth at 3,900. Is it Dan Arnold, someone like Tyler Conklin or Jared Cook who are going up against each other? What do you think? Yeah, it's it's going to be Dan Arnold. That, that I've been on team Dan Arnold and, and Tyler Conklin the, for the last like four weeks or so. And it, both of those guys, I think, are in good spots and the, they both still have great prices. The, the one thing about Jared Cook, we talked about him a little on Tuesday and, and we'll talk about him in a second, but like there's now like three tight ends that are actually getting targets. Jared Cook is is the elite tight end of the three, but that scares me a little bit off Cook. I still think he's fine in GPPs, but I would definitely prefer to play Conklin and Dan Arnold. Honestly, I'm not super interested in paying uh, playing Pat Fryermuth in this particular game. All right, let's move on to the afternoon games. And we were just talking about those tight ends. Vikings at the Chargers. The Chargers are three-point favorites with a 53-point total here. And on the Vikings injury front, Anthony Barr and Michael Pierce did not practice on Wednesday. Cornerbacks Cameron Dantzler and Bashad Breland were limited. And we did have some news in this game as well earlier this week as Dalvin Cook was accused of domestic violence. He then claimed he was a victim. There's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, but the expectation is that he is going to play. Everything that we have as of now says that Dalvin Cook is going to play uh, this Sunday. Uh, for the Chargers, Keenan Allen and Justin Jackson did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, of the games with a 50-point total, this one has the shortest spread and expected to be the most competitive. So, uh, Mike, we'll start with you this time. How are you looking to stack this game if you are looking to stack it? See, I don't know that I'm going to end up stacking it. I, I do like Herbert. Um, I think he's going to be relatively popular here, but this still profiles to me as one where I'm going to want to individually pick my spots with individual players. So, I'm going to end up playing a lot of Carson Wentz, a lot of Josh Allen, um, maybe a little Jalen Hurts, things like that. So I'm not going to get to Herbert much myself. I'm not going to fault anyone for doing it. I think it's a great play. But as of right now, it's going to be Keenan Allen. In tournaments, the pivot's going to be Mike Williams. I think it's an excellent spot to buy in on Mike Williams. Uh, I think it's going to be an ultra-competitive game. I think that there's going to be a lot of focus on Eckler and Keenan Allen, which is obviously easier said than done when it comes to defending that attack. But I do think Mike Williams is going to have his opportunities, and I, I think it's a great, great time to buy low there. On the other side, Justin Jefferson is fine. I'm totally out on Dalvin Cook personally, but the only reason I'm totally out on Dalvin Cook personally is just because I think the ownership's still going to be approaching 10%. It's not going to be a 3 to 4% own situation. I'd much rather invest in Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. I have no clue how this is affecting him mentally and how distracted he will or will not be ahead of this game, how distracted his teammates will or will not be ahead of this game. And there are so many running backs on the slate, particularly guys that have, in my opinion, similar floor, similar median, and similar upsides in plus matchups that I think for me personally, I'm going to end up avoiding it. And the only way I would play him is if you're playing Herbert and you are stacking the game. But I, I've already decided I'm totally off Dalvin Cook this week personally. All right. See, so you already mentioned earlier that you do like Justin Herbert quite a bit. So how are you looking to stack this game? Uh, on the other side, too, like I think if you wanted to go with Kirk Cousins, just because he's so much cheaper, he's 1,200 less than Justin Herbert in the same game. If you wanted to go with Cousins, Jefferson, Conklin, or Cousins, Thielen, uh, Conklin, and then bring it back with a, a Chargers wide receiver or Austin Eckler. Uh, I, I think that that is viable as well. But what, how are you looking to stack this game? Uh, totally agree that it's viable, almost in the same way that that Tampa Bay Washington football team game is viable on the Heineke side. Like, obviously, it's not the preferred stack, but it's the contrarian stack in a game where a lot you can still play a lot of pieces just with a different quarterback. So, Cousins makes sense. I I'll say this about Cousins and Justin Jefferson. If Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis continue to be out in that secondary, then I think Justin Jefferson makes a lot more sense. The problem with Jefferson, he's not really getting the targets the last few weeks relative to like Tyler Conklin and uh, even Adam Thielen. So obviously he's going to bounce back at some point, but I think the bounce back would be 
way more predictable if Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis are still out. So that's my sort of watch out there. If those guys are back, if the secondary is relatively healthy for the Chargers, it's going to be Dalvin Cook, just because I know you can run on the Chargers. So it's going to be Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen or Justin Herbert with Mike Williams. I'm going to stack this game. Like I play single entries and three maxes, but I'll have this game stacked among those single entries in three max, probably like three to four different ways. So it's going to be Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen in one stack, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams in another stack. I'll throw in Austin Eckler in some of those stacks. So it'll be kind of like a double stack situation. I am going to avoid the tight ends just because Steven Anderson and Donald Parham get just enough targets for me to pivot away from Jared Cook and onto a Tyler Conklin, for example, or Dan Arnold, who I think are going to get plenty of targets. So give me Justin Herbert with one of the receivers I'll do other stacks with one of those receivers and Austin Eckler, and I'll probably be bringing it back mostly with Dalvin Cook, but I'm monitoring that secondary situation for the, the Chargers because I think Justin Jefferson is definitely in play there. And of course, Tyler Conklin is always in play in these types of stacks. I think what you said about Justin Jefferson is definitely valid, right? Like the target share for both him and Thielen hovering around 23% this year, which is still good relative to you know other pass catchers, uh, like the average pass catcher in football, but it's not like that elite wide receiver or pass catcher that we've seen in the past. And that's really just because KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin are seeing a few more targets this year than those ancillary pieces we're seeing last year. Uh, so as a result, we've seen a little bit less targets for both uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Let's move on to the Seahawks at the Packers and the Packers are three point favorites with a 49 and a half point total in this game. And Russell Wilson was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. Chris Carson returned as well. Seems, I don't know if Chris Carson's actually going to get back on the field, but it's looking pretty good so far for Russell Wilson. Uh, Aaron Rodgers remains on the COVID list, but has continued to take part in virtual meetings this week and remains on track to start on Sunday, provided he, quote, checks out well on Saturday. I think the line and the total definitely suggests that uh, both quarterbacks will play in this game. But with that, you know, I wonder, you know, both quarterbacks play... Do we see some rust? You know, Russell Wilson hasn't played in over a month. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously missed last week. So maybe not as worried about the Packers side of things. But uh, Mike, any concern there with uh, the quarterbacks returning in this game? You know, maybe we see them run the ball a little bit more. Uh, if both quarterbacks play, it does seem like all the top options in this game are are, are cheaper than they should be. Yeah, they're definitely cheaper than they should be. Uh, I like them a lot, frankly. I like Devontae Adams a ton. I mean, I always do, but I, I really do like him a ton in this spot. I think you're getting an absolute gift getting this price point under 8K on him, uh, and I think the game can be very, very competitive. As long as Russell Wilson is on the field and active, I think that I, I trust that he's ready to go and it's going to be fine. And frankly, I don't think it could be any worse than the accuracy you would see from like someone like Geno Smith. So I... You know, we've saw DK Metcalf still was able to put up decent numbers with uh, with Geno, so I have no reason to believe that he's not going to be able to do the same with whatever version of Russell Wilson is out there on the field. So if you like DK Metcalf, I think it's a fine play. Uh, I think it's just like he's in the same boat as that Mike Williams boat, frankly. I think he's an excellent, and CeeDee Lamb, excellent pivot away from some of the chalkier wide receivers, whether that's going to be Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, most likely. Um, I, I think that you can get different by playing DK Metcalf here. I think you can get different by playing CeeDee Lamb, who we mentioned earlier. Um, I like them all. And Aaron Jones is another name that I'll throw in there. Uh, I think he's going to go back to catching some passes. At 6,900, if you want to get just a little different and take the stance on, like, frankly, fading Najee Harris, like in a tournament, save the $1,000 from Aaron Jones to Najee Harris, there is a very good chance that those two match each other, at least on the, uh, you know, on the projection in this game. So I, I like Aaron Jones quite a bit. Sia, do you have any interest in uh, in any of the pieces in this game? You mentioned Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They all seem underpriced uh, relative to their quarterbacks returning in this spot. Um, what do you think of, of all those those upper upper tier players? Yeah, this is a game that if I stack it, I'll, I'll just do it kind of one time. There's certainly a lot of unknown here, which which almost lends itself to playing it in GPP because not a lot of people will be on this relative to some of the other ones we talked about. I, I don't think I'm going to be stacking it too much. The piece I like the most probably is Aaron Jones, in spite of the fact that A.J. Dillon is getting a lot of carries. I mean, you can really run on the Seattle defense, and I could see Aaron Jones like completely going off. He's certainly not my favorite running back. I'm not rating him really even in my top three or four. But if you consider what his ownership percentage is likely, to be it's probably going to be between like 10 and 12 percent is my guess relative to your Najee Harris's of the world that Mike brought up or, or some of these other guys that are going to be super popular it is a pretty convenient pivot at 6900 um, I think Metcalf and Lockett are fine you know it, 
particularly if you're stacking him them with uh, a Russell Wilson. But for me, this this isn't a game I'm super interested in. The Eagles are at the Broncos. The Broncos are two and a half point favorites with a 45 and a half point total. And for the Eagles, Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Rodney McLeod, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat all returned to practice on Thursday. Devontae Smith was limited with an elbow injury, but he said that he feels good and it should be should be fine for this week. Uh, for the Broncos, Noah Fant was activated off the COVID list and practiced on Wednesday. Tim Patrick and Albert O were back at practice on Thursday. Maybe I'm alone here, uh, but really do not have a lot of interest in this game outside of Dallas Goddard. He's 4,700. He has a 29% target share since Zach Ertz was traded. Uh, Mike, you mentioned Jalen Hurts a little bit earlier, but it's really just Dallas Goddard for me. What are you looking at here? Yeah, I mean, just I, I think it's an interesting spot for Jalen Hurts because no one's going to play him and the, the $6,500 price point. So anytime I can get a quarterback with his upside, just frankly because of his rushing ability, uh, at less than $7,000, less than 5% owned, which I, I truly think he'll be 4 to 5% owned at most in this game. Um, I, I'm going to have some interest. You know, we, we saw against the Chargers, he only put up 16.6, pretty low point. Low point against the uh, the Detroit Lions, but that was just some real, real run bad, as we kind of acknowledged. Uh, every other game, you look at the game logs that he's put up there, and if he can get 21 points even in this game at 6,500, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's still in play pretty much every week, especially when we like guys like Dallas Goddard. Uh, see ya. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, he has 14 and 17 passing attempts respectively each of the past two weeks, and I think this is this is the route that the Eagles want to go down right now. They don't want Jalen Hurts to have to pass the ball very much. It could still lead to him running quite a bit, uh, but you know they've been able to run effectively recently with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and and Kenneth Gainwell. So I think that that is the game plan for the Eagles, and uh, I think overall this game just probably doesn't have much upside from the Broncos' perspective. What do you think? I totally agree with you. I mean, I think Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are going to be able to run on the Eagles. It's just a question of, you know, who's getting most of that work is, you know, it's been Melvin, but uh, I don't, I want to stay away from that, what that true split. Uh, Jerry Judy is the only one I brought him up on Tuesday. I think he's the guy that could actually get loose in this game. And at 5,300 in, in relatively low ownership, I think he's a piece I'm going to be playing here and there quite a bit. Yeah. And he's a good pivot off of names like Cole Beasley and Jarvis Landry and, uh, Jacoby Myers in that same price range, so that's definitely a way to get different uh, at at wide receiver value this week. The Panthers are at the Cardinals this week. The Cardinals are 10.5-point favorites with a 44-point total, and Sam Darnold is out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. The Panthers signed Cam Newton, which included $4.5 million guaranteed, so it sounds like he will be the starter when he's ready to go for the Panthers, Uh, but they already announced P.J. Walker will start this week. Uh, Brian Burns was limited in practice on Thursday because of an ankle injury. I don't know if you guys saw it. Did you see Mac Jones like grab Brian Burns' ankle when he was trying to run away? And like, I don't know if he actually twisted him down or if Brian Burns just kind of twisted, but I don't know. It seemed, it seemed a little, uh, seemed a little suspect see you it, it looked like he tried to twist him down i'll right. admit my angle that i saw it wasn't like a super close-up angle so I, I maybe i sort of misread it but it really looked like he was on the ground he grabbed his ankle and then twisted it and uh it wasn't it wasn't a great look for mac jones i it, it, you know that that's not i mean i understand he's he's operating out of instinct but you're a quarterback and you're the target of a lot of you know <laughs> defensive ends edge rushers defensive linemen right. linebackers safeties who are blitzing so uh, i think some people might uh, take exception to that and, and unfortunately take it out on Mac and, and on the field, if you will. Yeah, this uh, this won't be popular for Patriots fans to hear, but man, this is a, seeing that, I'm like, all right, Mac Jones, that guy was that guy was made to be a New England Patriot. Uh, <laughs> on the Cardinals side of things, Chase Edmonds is out a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Rondell Moore all did not practice on Thursday. Kyler Murray said his ankle was feeling way better. He said that on Wednesday, uh, but he's still not out there at practice. AJ Green returned from the COVID list. Looks like he's going to be good to go here in week 10. And uh, with that, I I think it's all about the running backs in this spot. Uh, Mike, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. He's 8,400 on DraftKings, the highest priced running back on the slate. Last week, we saw his return 49% of the snaps, 18 touches, a 17% target share, uh, which included two red zone opportunities. And on the other side, James Conner, he was unleashed with Chase Edmonds uh, going down with injury. 26 touches, five receptions, three touchdowns. He is 6,300, and I feel like there's a very clear 
like path to running backs this week. Either you pay all the way up, you pay all the way down. But if you like just one name in the middle that stands out, it's James Conner at, at 6,300. So, uh, Mike, how, how do you feel about both of these running backs here? Yeah, I mean, James Conner, he's clearly the, the guy there. Um, you know, if you want to pay 6,300, I think it's fine. Um, I, I, as of right now, I'm not getting there. The only way I would get there is if for some reason we didn't get to play Dearness Johnson, then I think that that salary savings down to James Conner off of some of those other guys might be critical. Um, He's fine, though, in a tournament, and I would feel fine playing Christian McCaffrey on the other side. Uh, I think that combination is going to be incredibly different. The The real question here is, is, is P.J. Walker going to be instructed to essentially dump the ball to Christian McCaffrey as many times as they can? I think that it's possible. So I want to preface this by saying when I'm playing Christian McCaffrey, I'm only doing it on DraftKings. I'm not doing it on FanDuel. I'm doing it on DraftKings where we get the full point PPR. We saw at the very end of that game, uh, frankly, in spots where I was actually a little surprised that he was still on the field, uh, Christian McCaffrey. And he wasn't on the field for the final drive where they, they dumped off even more. But he had five targets, four catches for 54 yards. I believe he had three of the four catches and like 38 or 40 of the uh, 54 yards on five out of like in a five play period. It was all in the same drive, right? And if they're willing to have him out there on the field in the second half of that game that they were clearly not going to win down multiple scores, I think that they're going to be fine getting him involved again here. Um, you saw what kind of upside he possesses. Obviously, if you've watched him play, you know the upside he possesses. But the fact that he was able to rack up three catches, you know, seven to eight DraftKings points in a matter of four plays um, in a spot where we weren't even projecting him to necessarily be on the field, I think that he's going to come out. I think that workload's not going to go down from last week, which was 20 touches last week, essentially. Uh, if you're giving me 25 touches, so assume he gets five more touches and the game is competitive enough for him to be out there somehow, it's hard for me to ignore him in tournaments when I see an ownership projection of 4%. Yeah, that ownership is just is crazy for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, sub 4% there. Uh, and look, the Panthers, their, their playoff hopes are dwindling right now. So I think you know, their, their, their biggest hope is probably just to, to lean on Christian McCaffrey here. Uh, at, and, but he is, he is priced up there at, at 8400 So see ya. What do you think about uh, both the running backs in this spot? And look, if we assume Kyler, Hopkins, um, Rondell Moore are out, would you have any interest in Christian Kirk, 5500 or A.J. Green at 4600 I like them both. Uh, I think if Kyler is back, I like AJ Green a bit more. Uh, if it's going to be Colt McCoy, I would say I like Christian Kirk a bit more. I, I, I don't know if I'll get to Christian Kirk, but I think he's a pretty smart play, particularly if, if Colt McCoy is going to play that game. But yeah, I like the running backs. I, I, I haven't really decided if I'm playing James Conner or Christian McCaffrey. They're definitely both really good plays. And, and I, I think you're right, Frank. They, they kind of Carolina has to kind of lay it all out there, right? And the only way you lay it all out there is to make sure your best players are playing all four quarters and touching the ball quite a bit. And PJ Walker really should be just kind of handing it and dumping it off to Christian McCaffrey until that just stops working, if it ever stops working. So, I it's it's one of those things. I, there's so many running backs to like on this slate, and it's it's part of the reason why Christian McCaffrey's ownership is so low. Also, because Arizona is pretty good against the run, by the way. But with with that said, I mean especially in GPPs. If you're pivoting off of a Najee Harris, uh, a very popular Najee Harris or Austin Eckler to McCaffrey, and those guys throw up a dud, and McCaffrey does McCaffrey things and throws up, you know, 32 points for you. Well, how do you think you're looking in GPPs? I mean, that, so it's you, you just have to, you, you just have to sort of ask yourself, do you at least want to do that in one or two GPPs, or do you want to fade them all together? And for me, I'll probably play them out of 10 lineups. Honestly, I'll probably only play them like once or twice just because I love the constructions I've built already with some of those other running backs. But I have to have a share. I have to be part of it. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah, the only thing I want to say on McCaffrey here too is you mentioned the price point is up there at 84. This guy is routinely a nine to $10,000 player when healthy and when there. If, we, if I'm correct that he gets 20 Frankly, if he gets the same 20 touches, but if he gets 25 to 30 touches in this game and happens to get in the end zone, you're getting him $8,400 and sub 5% owned this week. The following week, he'll be $8,800 and 18 to 20% owned. It, once he mm -hmm. does it once, he's right back up there to that ownership. So I personally, I, I want to be early on it. So I'm going to invest in it. I swapped to him last week in one of my lineups. I'm going to do the same this week. I, I'm playing him. Uh, in at least one or two. And I say at least one or two, like it's important to preface that I only play five lineups. That's it. Yeah. I don't play anything more than that. Every Sunday I play five. 
So that's how confident I am in Christian McCaffrey this week that I, I'm still playing him and just won. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really good point that you bring up too because as soon as I said it to you, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. You know, Christian McCaffrey priced up at 8,400. It's relative to the field, right, and other running backs on the slate, but you're right. Like when he's clicking and he's healthy, he's he's routinely 9,000 uh, plus on, on DraftKings. So we are getting him uh, at a discount compared to where he normally is at. Uh, a new segment. And, and Frank, you know what we're getting, you know what we're getting next week? is Uh-oh. most likely Cam and Christian McCaffrey. And the so. last time we saw Cam in Carolina, it was dump off, dump off, dump off, uh, and, and more dump off. So, uh, yeah, I think once once we see Cam Newton in the lineup here, we're probably going to see even more targets for Christian McCaffrey. I mentioned up at the top of the podcast, we have a new segment here. I don't have like a really creative name for this yet. It's, it's my dad's sneaky DFS play of the week. Uh, and this, look, he's been playing fantasy since before I was born, right? So, like, we're talking about fantasy football, fantasy baseball, when you have to like mail your lineups in. Like no computers, no like no mail. Mail your lineups in. Uh, so he plays a bunch of lineups every week in DFS. Surprised I didn't think of this sooner. Take it away, Pops. Who do you got? Hello, everybody. This is the Don. I'm here to give you my DFS sneaky pick of the week. My pick will be Donovan Peoples Jones. And since I feel generous and it's my first week of giving you my picks, I am going to give you a bonus pick. It is Marvin Jones. And that's the bottom line because the Don said so. All right, so there's a lot going, there's a lot going on here. Um, my dad's name is Frank. His name is not Don. But uh, we, we played a lot of beer pong uh, you know, during my college years. And uh, so my dad kind of somehow developed this godfather personality. He was like the leader of all of us playing beer pong. And uh, hence, he is the Don. So he's the Don of beer pong. Uh, and we were also huge wrestling fran- fans growing up. So you get your little Stone Cold Steve Austin there at the end. Uh, you got to love it. The guy's a madman. I love him. But uh, he's crazy. He's absolutely crazy. Uh, I, I like, first of all, I, I like. I, we talked about Marvin Jones, or at least I did earlier in the show i think that's a, a pretty smart you know uh bring back in in that game so i think that's really interesting donovan people's jones he doesn't get a ton of targets but he can get behind defenses and so the upside is certainly there he's, he's certainly not a cash play but in a gpp that certainly makes sense yeah 4800 going up against the patriots uh donovan people's jones scored that long touchdown last week 16 percent target share in uh, their first game without odell beckham all right so appreciate it possible we'll get some more picks from you uh, again next week Let's wrap up here. Week 10 cheat sheet, our favorite value, chalk contrarian, and our favorite stack of the week. Mike, we will start with you. All right. I pulled a little switcheroo on you if you look at the uh, the, the rundown here. Value play, though, I'm going with Tyler Johnson. I'm just confident he's going to be relevant for Tampa Bay this week, and he's going to be needed to get in what I want to get in. My chalk play going to be Devontae Adams. Uh, I've decided that I am in on Devontae Adams this week. So there's going to be a lot of speculation about is Aaron Rodgers ready? You know, what was the layoff like? Obviously, it wasn't a massive layoff. But what he's going to do, in my opinion, is go back to what's comfortable. And what's comfortable is throwing the football in the direction of Devontae Adams. For my contrarian play, Mike Williams, uh, 6,600 on DraftKings. I've already talked about it a little bit throughout the show. I think he's an excellent pivot away from Keenan Allen, but also some of the other wide receivers in that range. I think it's an excellent time to buy low on him in what should be a very competitive game. I think that they're very clearly going to focus on trying to limit Austin Eckler, trying to limit Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams, whether he pulls one in or not, we know he's going to have at least two or three deep shots down the field. All we need to do is grab one of them, land in the end zone. I think he gets it done. And then my stack. I am playing Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Uh, Rodgers price point, 7,100. Nice discount from Josh Allen. This is a spot. He's playing a higher profile game. I, every game is a high profile game in the league, but it's a higher profile game against Russell Wilson. Like the, the drama is there, and that's what Aaron Rodgers lives for, right? He lives for the drama here. He gets to play this game against Russell Wilson. They're both returning from their situations, as we will call them. I don't think people are going to play him to the rate that they should. We love Devontae Adams in this spot. I think the game's going to be competitive. But I think Aaron Rodgers wants to go out there and prove a point and score touchdowns, and that's what I think he will do. I love the price point here, 7,100. So give me Rodgers to Devontae Adams. I'll go one step further with Devontae Adams, too. Uh, I was building out some cash game lineups, and I had one where I spend down on Carson Wentz. I have both Dearness Johnson and Mark Ingram in the lineup assuming that Chubb and Kamara are out. And then you spend up for one running back, and you could also spend up for Devontae Adams. So uh, that's something that I'm currently looking at uh, as as a possible cash game lineup this week. See, you're up. Value, chalk, contrarian, and your favorite stack. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I want to second the Tyler Johnson thing because for my value play, it's Devin Singletary. But I was really debating when I was thinking about this between Singletary and Tyler Johnson. And, and so, I mean, I think Tyler Johnson probably has the better upside. But I think Singletary against the Jets, you know, with Zach Moss likely being out makes a ton of sense. My chalk play is CeeDee Lamb. I'll tell you, I was debating CeeDee Lamb and Dalvin Cook there because I do like that Chargers-Minnesota game quite a bit. But I just think it's such a good bounce back spot for CeeDee Lamb uh, against Atlanta's defense. Now, Atlanta does have... AJ Terrell on the other side, but he's, he's likely not going to fully shadow anybody. So I think CeeDee Lamb is likely to get loose. Uh, contrarian plays Terry McLaurin. I think he's a great bring back option. He's expensive, but I think coming off a bye, he's in a great bring back spot with uh, that Tampa Bay game. So Terry McLaurin there at 7,600 in my stack, as expected, is going to be Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen. I totally agree that you can do a stack with Justin Herbert and Mike Williams instead of Keenan Allen. And I also think you can throw in Austin Eckler to that stack with the receiver if you think that game really is going to shoot out. So that's my stack. And for the record, that game from a pace of play standpoint has one of the better paces, Minnesota and the Chargers. So something to consider there as well. All right, value play for me, uh, Dearness Johnson. I guess this could be your chalk play as well. If Nick Chubb is out, he's going to be incredibly popular and rightfully so. The last time we saw him start, was back in week seven, 24 touches, 168 total yards, and one touchdown. Ford Zierness Johnson, the chalk play for me. Uh, the running back I, I want to spend up on most this week is Jonathan Taylor. The way that he's playing right now, the matchup against the Jaguars, huge favorites in this spot. I, I think it's just hard to get away from Jonathan Taylor. Contrarian for me, uh, Justin Jefferson currently projected for 5% ownership, and, and we just know the upside that he possesses, and you just talked about the pace of play in this game. I think it's going to be a very popular game uh, to stack, but I think because of the price tag on Justin Jefferson, you're probably just going to get him uh, lower owned than he should be relative to his upside at $7,700. And then the stack, it's a pretty obvious one for me, but uh, Tom Brady, 7600 to Mike Evans, uh, 6900 Not looking good for Chris Godwin, dealing with that foot injury. And if he's out, uh, I think it's very likely we see double-digit targets for Mike Evans in this spot. Uh, if you're playing Tom Brady and Evans, you could throw Tyler Johnson in there. You could throw one of the tight ends in there. Uh, but I do think it's it's going to be pretty popular, and, and rightfully so, the way that the Bucks are playing so far this season. That'll do it for Sia and Mike. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today. DFS will be back again on Tuesday to recap everything that happened in week 10 and take an early look at week 11. We will see you then.